what is church and why should I care? Because God knew parents needed help, lots and lots of help. I'm going to show you something. I don't know if you've thought about it before, but what we're going to look at this morning in the Scripture. But let me just begin to say this. You know, the church could be, could be uh, the last great, really, hope for families. Because in, when it comes to, to being a resource of, 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 of help, being a first aid station for skirmishes and breakups and near breakups and so forth, there just aren't a lot of places one can go to find wisdom and, and truth that's really going to make a difference in your life and especially in your family's life. And, you know, and the thing about this is, and I've lived long enough, not that I'm old, but I've lived long enough, got to get that in there, that, um, to know that, that society and culture, they change from, from decade to decade as to what the sort of the parenting, uh, parenting tip soup de jour of the, of the year is. And then you see things come and go. And, well, you're supposed to spank your kids. No, you're not supposed to spank your kids. Well, you're supposed to do this. Just throughout the decades. I, I, to illustrate this, I got something here. My, my, somebody handed this to me recently, and I, I, I got the website, and I have the website on your action steps. You can, um, you can, you can access this yourself. But this comes from um, an article in a magazine called Housekeeping Monthly Magazine, 1955. I remember 19... How many of you remember 1955? I remember 1955. My dad had a 1955 Buick. It was a cool car. Anyway, that's when I first started getting into that idol worship of cars and stuff. But anyway, and let's see. What else happened in 55? Um, I think the Yankees got beat in the World Series, didn't they? Brooklyn Dodgers won that year. And then they broke a bunch of hearts and land, moved to the land of fruits and nuts. But anyway, um, so much for that. Just thought I'd throw that in for my California friends. This comes from this, this 1955 um, article, How to Be a Good Wife. This is Mother's Day, and uh, I think this would just be a really cool thing to do for Mother's Day, is to tell the, the, the wives, mothers or not, how to be a good wife from 1955, okay? Here we go. Now, there's 18 things here. I'm going to just be very quick with them. And you can access it on the, uh, on the action steps back on our website when you get home, Okay. Number one, have dinner ready. Plan ahead, even the night before, to have a delicious meal ready on t- in time for his return. This is a way of letting him know that you've been thinking about him and are concerned about his needs. Most men are hungry and they come home and the prospect of a good meal, especially his favorite dish, is part of a warm welcome needed. Number two, prepare yourself. Hey! Take 15, <laughs> take 15 minutes to rest so you'll be refreshed when he arrives. Touch up your makeup, put a ribbon in your hair, be fresh looking. He's been with a lot of work weary people all day. Number three, be a little gay, a little more interesting for him. His boring, they had no idea what they were writing, did they? Uh, <laughs> a little more interesting for him. His boring day may need a lift, and one of your duties is to provide it. Number four, clear away the clutter. Make one last trip through the main part of the house just before your husband arrives. Number five, gather up school books, toys, paper, then return, then run a dust cloth over the tables. Number six, over the cooler months of the year, you should prepare and light a fire for him to unwind by. 
Number seven, prepare the children. Take a few minutes to wash the children's hands and faces. Comb their hair and, if necessary, change their clothes. They are little treasures, and he would like to see them playing that part. Minimize all the noise. Number eight, be happy to see him. Number nine, greet him with a warm smile and show sincerity in your desire to please him. Number, this is good stuff, isn't it? I mean, this is good stuff. Number 10, listen to him. You may have a dozen important things to tell him, but the moment of his arrival is not, one of the, is not the time. Let him talk first. Remember, his topics of conversation are more important than yours. Number 11, make the evening his. Never complain if he comes home late or goes out to dinner or other places of entertainment without you. Instead, try to understand his world of strain and pressure and, and, and his very real need to be home and relax. Number 11, make, uh, and that was it. Number 12, make your goal, try to make sure your home is a place of peace and order. Number 13, don't greet him with complaints and problems. Number 14, don't complain if he's late for dinner or even stays out all, all night. <laughs> Count this as minor compared to what he might have gone through that day. <laughs> Number 15, make him comfortable. Make him lean back in a comfortable chair. Have him lie down. Have a cool or warm drink ready for him. Number 16, arrange his pillow. Offer to take off his shoes. <laughs> Number 17, big one here. Don't ask questions about his action or question his judgment or integrity. Remember, he's the master of the house and as such will always exercise his will with fairness and truthfulness. Number 18, a good wife always knows her place. 1955, folks. In the predecessor to what I believe is Good Housekeeping Magazine. So we got to have some place where we can go where the truth doesn't change from decade to decade, don't we? We've got to have some place we can go where we can find it. And, and here's the issue, and this is so important. Um, we need a place that, that will be inspiring, instructional, challenging, comforting, and motivating us with timeless truth uh, to have the kind of families that will be fulfilling and that will honor God. That's what we need. And we need to have it done in such a way that... that and that's, a, that's one of the purposes of the church. And that it's done with truth that doesn't change with a couple of decades, or however many decades it has been since 1955. I mean, because we read that today, and my goodness, I mean, I mean it's, obviously it's laughable. But at one time, that was very acceptable. So the scripture, on the other hand, is not like that. And it deals with these things. So here's what I want to do. I got three things here, very simple things. God, God knew families needed help. He knew he need, we needed a lot of help. So he, I'm going to look at this. This isn't, again, not a formula. It's just three different kind of movements of thought that I want you to think about. And I'm going to talk about families. I'm going to talk about a lot about husbands and wives, some about children. And I want to stop right here. And before I do that, I want to do something I don't normally do. I, I, I normally pray, but I'm going, to take, I'm going to have a special prayer right now for this reason. One of the delicate things about this, this holiday, and it's true at Christmas time too, it, but even Mother's Day, I made a list for people who may not really want to be too happy on Mother's Day. Okay? 
Uh, and I, this isn't an exhaustive list, just people I could think of. Women who want to be mothers but can't. It's always an issue. We have people like that here. Those who have lost their mothers, especially recently. Those who have lost a child. Those who are single moms. Tough things they have to deal with. Those, those who, who can't be with their mom today for, for different reasons. Like, like both Charlene and I can't be with our moms today just, just because of geography. Those who had moms that hurt you or gave you up. It'd be kind of hard to celebrate Mother's Day without some thoughts about that. Moms who are not honored by their kids. Some of that going on. Women who want to get married and have kids but just haven't found a husband yet. I mean, just be real practical here. There are, there are women like that too. I knew a lady one time, just he hated Mother's Day because she hadn't gotten married and wanted to and wanted to have kids. So... I'm going to take a minute. I'm just going to, you don't need to raise your hand or stand up if you're in that situation because I know enough about our group here that that there are some people like that in one or more of those categories. I just want to to have a special prayer for them before we go into the other stuff and and just to kind of get you to think because it's just, it might be a tough thing. And I want you to, I just just want you to know we love you, we care about you and and, uh, hopefully you can get some stuff out of this, but we want to have a special prayer for you. Okay, so let's just pray. God, I, I do pray for these, especially these people that I just mentioned and, and others, maybe a different twist on things, from which some sort of something about Mother's Day just sets them off and in in maybe not necessarily in a positive way. We want to pray for each one of them, God, and ask you to comfort them, ask you to be fulfilling to them in their situation, whatever it might be whether it be to overcome some hurt, whether it be to deal with a loss, whether it, be, whether it be dealing with some disappointment. We just pray that you give them just a special blessing today as we talk about this and, and the, the fun and the excitement of a family and some folks who are dealing with other issues about that as well. So we want to pray for them, God, and just ask for your special blessing, special measure of grace upon them. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Three elements that God gives us to help us with our families. Very simple elements. It's, I'll tell you what, the element of order, the element of othering, I'll have to explain to you what that means, and the element of the supernatural. Okay? First thing is the, the element of order. This is where we get into the most controversy in the Scripture about husbands and wives. Let me just show you something very quickly and very simply here, and that is in uh, Colossians chapter 3. I have it here for you in the message. Just follow along. Number verse 18, wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Big verse there. People say, what? Uh, the New American Standard Bible there reads, wives, be subject to your husbands. All right? Uh, is that what that article is talking about? I don't think so. Let's keep reading. Husbands, verse 19, go all out in your love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master, God, to no end. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. He's assuming there there will be discipline. He's saying don't, don't over-discipline them. Okay, real quick, this is your lucky day. Good Mother's Day present for some of you. For over 2,000 years, 
a lot of churches who believe the Bible and who teach the Bible come down and say, wives submit, husbands lead, you yada yada, do this, do this, women, you got to submit to your husbands. And they get all kinds of stuff going on. They get all kinds of problems and people and, and women say, oh, that's not that's what the Bible teaches. I don't, if the Bible teaches that, the Apostle Paul, he was some sort of a heretic. He was a chauvinist, wasn't he? And then they start discrediting the Apostle Paul and they start discrediting the scriptures. This is your lucky day because you're going to hear the truth today, Okay. You're going to hear how it really should be interpreted. And, and, and it's really not that hard. It's really not that hard, okay? So, uh, so this is great Mother's Day, Mother's Day and Father's Day present all wrapped up in one, okay? Here's what you need to understand about these verses. Submit and love are two clear biblical concepts. They're there. We can't deny it. They're there. They're two clear biblical concepts, and they are just as clearly interchangeable parts in a marriage relationship. Don't miss that. Let me just go back. You got the verses and we got them still on the screen. Look at this. So he says in verse 18, wives understand and support your husbands. Does that mean the husbands shouldn't understand and support their wives? Of course not. Look at the, look at the, again, when you get into into hermeneutics and things like that, that's the, the, the science of interpreting scripture. People do all kinds of weird stuff. And they say, well, that's just for the wives. Look at the spirit. What is God trying to communicate here? What's the author trying to communicate? He's trying to communicate some values. He says, wives, understand and support your husbands. And husbands, go out in all your love for your wives. So does that mean the wife's not supposed to go out in all her love for her husband? I mean, I mean, you know, common sense 101 needs to be used when we start interpreting the scripture. And this is where a lot of people do some weird stuff in the name of Christianity, in the name of interpreting the Bible, and a lot of people in positions like mine stand up and say, okay, well, women, you've got to do this, and, you gotta, and guys, you've got to do this. And, and that's not at all what the Scripture is teaching. You need to understand, there are many fallible ministers. I, ha- I was once. And, and, and that, <laughs> more than once. Um, there are many fallible interpretations of the Scripture. Let's don't, let's don't poison the Bible by that. And we need to understand this. So real quick, let's just talk about this submit thing. Okay? Greek word, hupotasso, put yourself under, voluntarily put yourself under. Um, and, and they say, well, okay, so wives are supposed to submit. Let's just deal with that issue just for a minute, okay? We're gonna, don't, don't get too worried. I'm not going to, don't get too worried. Submit is not about equality. Submit is not about servitude. Submit is not about doormatism, I'll call it, being a doormat. It's not sex on demand. It's nothing on demand. It's not under duress. It's not bring me more beer and pretzels. Uh, that's, none of that is submit, okay? And we need to understand that on either side. What does it mean? It's a, it's a willing to choose to yield oneself to another out of love and respect. We submit to one another's strengths. And to take that and to say only the female should submit is a total, and I'm going to show you this in just a moment, it's a, total, it's a total foreign concept to the Scripture. Does the Bible say, wives, submit to your husbands? It, it does. And I'm also going to show you where it says, submit to one another. Does the Bible say, husbands, love your wives? It sure does. But it doesn't mean wives shouldn't hus- love their husbands as well. This is where people just, as I said, it just gets screwy. Let me show you the next thing, because these things kind of build on each other. What I want you to see from these verses, though, this whole thing of order. There's some order here. God is saying, hey, husbands, 
You need to do your thing. Why? You need to do your thing. That's, that's going to be a lot of interchangeable stuff on that. You're going to submit to one another. You're going to love one another. Okay? Children, listen to your parents. They know what's good for you. You know? It's pretty amazing. You know, the, old, the old saying, it's pretty, pretty amazing how wise my father got, you know, as I grew older, you know. And then he, and then he says, and, and fathers, parents, be careful with your kids. Don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. He's writing this at a time when discipline was extremely severe, very, very strong. And, and the Bible teaches that we should have discipline. But then here's a, a, a thing of grace. Don't, don't crush their spirits. You know, and sometimes we, we do that. Parents sometimes with negative comments or sometimes negative reinforcement. You know, there's some basic issues that we need to understand about, about parenting. What I want you to see about this, not, not that women submit and men are supposed to be the boss or any of that kind of trash. That's not what he's saying. He's saying there's order. There's order in a home. There has to be some order. And that may be that in certain situations, I as the husband will submit to my wife in certain areas, and she will submit, submit to me in certain areas. One may be better on finances than the other. Another may be better with some other kinds of things around the house. One may be better with, in this other area. What I'm saying is we submit to each other's strengths. One may have a little greater degree of maybe of, of, of people than the other. And we kind of yield to one another. And in some cases, we just find ourselves yielding to one another all the time because we have such a love and respect for that other person. That's called partnership. That's called marriage. That's what God had in mind. Not this, here's he and here's she. One's higher than... That, that's not what God had in mind. He had this, you know, and there's a great, there's a great quote that I don't have for you, but it's, it's something along... I'll give you just the general gist of it, which is... God didn't create woman out of man's head to be over him. He didn't create woman out of man's foot to be under him. God created woman out of man's rib to be equal to him. And I think that's a great thought when you think through that whole thing. Now, let me show you this othering thing, all right? The element of order, the element of othering. This, these go together. You've you got to have both of them. I'm going to show you uh, the same verse in three different translations, Okay? The first one comes from the message. This is Ephesians 5.21. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. And further, New Living Translation, you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then a version I've just gotten turned on to, the easy reading version. Be willing to serve each other. That's really what he's saying. Be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. Say, so where is it? That's in 5.21. That is right smack dab in the middle, and I'm going to show you some more in just a moment, of this whole business about wives submit and husbands love your wives and, and, and children and the whole thing. It's right in the middle of that. Now, how that gets missed by those who want to, you know, make the man the, you know, the straw boss or whatever, um, I don't know how it gets, it gets overlooked, but it gets overlooked a lot. In that last way, be willing to serve each other. Out of respect for Christ. All right, so we have an element of order. We have an element of othering. What does that mean? In other words, the othering is, is, is the other person. Selflessness. I just wanted to figure out a different word, you know, like making up words. Uh, it's selflessness. It's putting the other person first. It's putting the other, pers- the other person's wishes and, and hopes and, 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 you know, preferences first. It's how can I serve you today, honey? How, what can I do? With, I mean, obviously, all of this is within reason. 
you know, we still have jobs. We still have children to raise. We still have things going on. So I understand you, you, you interpret these words with, with the degree of, 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 of practicality as well. Okay? That's just othering. Looking out for the other one. Looking out for what, what she likes, what she needs, what she wants. Yesterday we had a little thing. Um, I had a couple little things yesterday. Um, Charlene's one of her one of her yeah, if you want to call it languages of love. One of her languages of love thing is is she is the yard. So I got a landscaper. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, no. <laughs> I do actually, but uh, he doesn't do everything because you know you just, just not, you just can't afford everything. And 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 she well I got to clean this up. And I'm thinking okay, so you know one of the things I did without complaining a bit and, and a great attitude and a smile on my face the whole time, and I just lied, um, was to tr- just do some things in the yard, you know, just stuff. And, and she's not in the service, so I can just talk about it. And, and you know, it was just sort of like, you know, this, this is something that, that means a lot to her. I, I really don't care. I was, raised, I was raised in a cow pasture, okay? You know, literally, I was. And, you know, and... and, and uh, and, you know, we had a clean house, but around that, it was, that was just, just a pasture and barns and stuff like that. So maybe that's part of my upbringing, I don't know. But, but it was something I could do or I help with. She did most of it, actually. Something I could help with. What is it? Something I can think about that I can do. Maybe I like it, maybe I don't. That can help. And we do that with, with one another. All of us, husbands and wives, do that with one another. Sometimes we're both, we both learn to like the same things, but there are other times we don't. And that's when we sort of say, what, what can I do for them? Just because I love them. Just because I respect them. And I want to do, you know, it, it works both ways when it works that way. That's, all the, that's what the scripture is teaching here. And I, I don't know how people miss that. But anyway, let me show you this last thing. Because this is pretty exciting. He goes through this. We've got order and home. We've got a husband. We've got a wife. We've got kids. We've got parents. There's order. We've got this, this concept of, of othering one another. Okay, it's what a good marriage should be. Now we have this third concept, the element of, of the supernatural. Okay, what are you talking about here? Let me show you a verse. And I want you to watch closely with these verses and see what's happening. Because some things are going to happen here, and if you're not careful, you're going to miss it. I'm not going to let you miss it. But, but if you're just reading through here, you, you may miss this. Let me take you to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine. For that's wastefulness. That's dissipation. It's a waste of time. And, 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 you know, it's a waste of your life. One Bible translates that as debauchery. Don't get drunk with wine. The Bible doesn't say not to drink wine. It says don't get drunk with wine. Okay? Just an important concept. But be filled with the Spirit. And what he's talking about here is this concept. Once a person comes to Christ, he, can be, he, he has the Spirit of God in him. But there are times in the way this is worded... When he says, be ye filled, and in some, Bible, in some Bibles, it's, it's a present active tense in the Greek, meaning this, that, that you will be filled actively at that moment, but the next moment you, not, you might not be. Obviously, if you yield to something you shouldn't yield to and you sin in some way, whether it be in your thought or whether it be in your action. And what he's saying is, just like wine or alcohol 
can cause someone maybe to feel a certain way that they don't normally feel or, or to do certain things that they may not normally do. He's saying, that's really wasteful. That's really, that's really just stupid. Instead, let the Spirit of God indwell you to the point where you're relying on the Spirit of God to be able to do things that you wouldn't normally, under, would, wouldn't normally be able to do if you weren't under the influence of the Spirit of God. That's, that's the contrast that the Apostle is developing here for us. You say, well, that's a nice concept. Well, I don't, I don't quite get that, how that works. Okay, this is what we call just basically a, living a life of being, of being controlled by the Spirit of God. That's what, we, that's what we would call that. Most scholars would tell you this is one of the clearest passages in the Bible that talks about that for a person of faith, being controlled or, 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 or indwelt or, or uh, dominated by the Spirit of God living in them. This is one of the clearest passages that talks about that. Now... Watch what happens. We're gonna just, I'm just going to skip a few verses. I have all these verses, by the way. If you go to Action Steps, I have the whole passage listed for you. So you can just read the whole thing in the message. If you don't have the message, you have it there on Action Steps on the website. Just check that out if you want to. But I'm going to skip some, for our time now. I'm going to skip a few verses. I'm going to come down. That's in verse 18. We're going to go down to verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. We've talked about that. Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians chapter 6, keep reading, skip down a few more verses. Children, obey your parents. Kids, if you're here, listen to this. It's in the Bible right there. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Then he goes on further, Ephesians 6 verse 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Right? Oh, you see, where are you going with all this? I have a question for you, a rhetorical question. Do you think it's a coincidence that some of the clearest teaching in the Bible on what we would call just the the Spirit-filled life of God, the Spirit controlling me, the clearest teaching in the Bible is right beside some of the clearest teaching on the family. I think that's a coincidence. Or could it be that God knows that the family would be one of the most difficult places to live out your faith on a consistent basis? I think that's what it is. You know, we let our hair down. We really know each other. You know, we're naked sometimes, literally and figuratively. And it's just like you can't hide. You know, you can't hide. You can't hide bad attitudes. You can't hide the blahs. You can't hide just being angry when you're with your wife or your husband or your family. And sometimes people are raised around them. They have a certain influence. And that's why God said, listen, you can't do this. You can't do this. And that's why, I mean, and, and, and I'm not going to tell you that Christian homes are any better than, than quote-unquote non-Christian homes. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you this. No home is going to be fully functional and fulfilling and honoring God as it should be if the people there aren't what they should be individually, particularly as they allow the Spirit of God to work in their heart and in their life. That's the key. And it's Mother's Day every day. It's Father's Day every day. It's Children's Day every day, whatever. They have, I think it's Children's Day every day anyway, isn't it? Um, you, you see that concept? That's so important for us to get God knew it would be the toughest place. My, my encouragement for you today, 
My exhortation from the scripture is very clear. Your home will be different as you. Don't think about your husband. Don't think about your wife. Don't think about if my kid. As you, you yourself yield to the Spirit of God. If you're a person of faith, the Spirit of God indwells you. And as you yield and as you say, God, I need you to fill me in that. I need you to, to kind of take control of some of these things. I can't. I got bad attitudes. I got stuff going on and I need help. Doesn't mean there won't be down times because there will. There certainly will be. But that's what's going to make the difference. It's going to make the biggest difference in our homes and in our marriages. And sometimes it takes a lot of work and sometimes it takes a lot of effort and sometimes it just takes honesty and prayer with each other and with God to work through some of those things. That's what's going to make the difference for any one of us. I want to pray about that. I'm going to get Steve and the guys to come on up. And as they're coming, let's pray. God, thank you so much for what is such a, I think, a, just a really exciting passage in the Bible. And I pray, God, for all of us, and I pray for myself first, that I'd be able to live it on those days when the patience is wearing thin and you just feel like, oh, I don't feel like being the right person. Help us just to ask for your help. God, fill me. Give me, give me a little more of the Spirit of God in my life. Just help me. Help me, God. Because, Lord, it comes down to a relationship with you. And, and, we're, and we're talking with people this morning from all walks of life, all different places on, that, on, that, on, that, on their own personal journey, that own, their own spectrum of the journey. And then for some folks, it's a matter of yielding to the Spirit of God. And for some folks, it's a matter of just coming to you and just saying, Jesus, I want to trust you right now. I just pray that we do whatever, whatever our particular life and need um, calls for at this point. We thank you for the power of God who lives in us and is available to us as we trust you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.